Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I want to make sure we connect the dots and what we're learning in this influence series and what's happening for us right now at Calvary. I think sometimes we, we kind of look at scripture or uh, maybe what I'm teaching just as a standalone on Sunday with some message and, you know, we go on. But this is, this is a really, I believe, a prophetic direction to exactly where you are as an individual and where we are together as a church family. You heard the announcement today that we're celebrating our 40th year since God launched Calvary. Now, that's pretty amazing to me. I can't believe that we're at year number 40. I can't believe that, that it's passed this fast. I mean, I know you think, Pastor, how did you and Ms. Phyllis, you know, launch this church 40 years ago? Looking at her, I, I, it, she must have been five years old. I mean, you understand? How, how did we get here? How did, how did this happen like this? But it's been a testimony of God's faithfulness. But here's what I want you to see, and this continues to be confirmed. I told you last week when I began the, the influence message, this influence direction, uh, kingdom of God influence, that uh, I had a little struggle with this because over a decade ago, we had looked at this same passage just in a different light. And I said, do I need to repeat this? Is, is it, what are, you know, God, I want to make sure. And then again this week on Friday night, there, our board was with me at a church planting meeting that we, we were involved in, some, something else we do with Kingdom Builders, helping plant churches in Alabama, not just around the world. And as we went into that, we sat down, uh, the speaker said, I'm going to talk about seed and I'm going to look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 10 and 11. I said, okay, I got it. I hear it. I got, thank you for the confirmation. But here's what I want you to see. In fact, I had you turn to 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, let me read it. Let's read this, verses 10 and 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase what? Your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11. What's the purpose of that? You'll be enriched in every way. Someone say every way. And now say so that. Okay, we got to get the connection. You can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We're looking at this kingdom of God principle of investing, increasing, and influence. Influence is the end result of following a pattern that God has established. We're going to look at a scripture in a few moments today and see this is how God established everything he created. In Genesis chapter 1, this process was put in place by God. It's how his kingdom operates. If we understand it, then we're able to move in that kingdom and create the influence for Christ that he wants us to have. If we miss it, we're going to be living at a level lower than God intended for us. How many want to live your life at the highest level and not a mediocre level? Amen? Well, we do that with God's help. So, so here we are looking at these scriptures. This is our foundation passage and, and thinking about this 40 years. The, the term 40, the number 40 in scripture represents a season of proving or preparation. At the conclusion of that, there's always an entering into a new season. There's an entering into a higher level. How many are thankful that we are poised on a 40th year to move to the next level of ministry? How many can say amen to that? 
I want to thank everybody that's been on the journey with us during this time. I want to congratulate those of you that have come on the journey during this time. I want to say those of you that are new to the Calvary family, you're a part of something God has been adding and putting together for just a moment like this. It is an exciting time. I'm expectant. Why? Not just for the sake of having uh, good thoughts and positive attitudes. I'm expectant because I've seen the faithfulness of God. Can somebody say amen to that? I'm learning the purposes of God. And when I see God's timing, I know something great's going to happen. Let me show you this connection in invest, increase, and influence with a 40-year. Let me just give you a little encouragement and I'll teach you some more. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 5 and verse 9. Joshua 5 verse 9. This is really a little add-in to my series that, that, that was confirmed this week. And I want you to get this blessing too. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 9. Now, we're here in Joshua 5 very quickly. Israel had been in the desert 40 years. They are now poised to go in to the promised land. How many want to go into your promised land? Let me hear you say amen. How many want to see your prodigal sons and daughters say? You want to see a breakthrough in every area of your life. So 40 years, all right? They're at that point. And I want you to see what happens. Something shifts. Something is a radical change. And it's about sowing and reaping. It's about investing, increasing, and influencing. So, so watch this. You ready? I want to read a couple of verses here. Stay with me. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Much to teach there, but let me just go on this one point. Verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. This is something they had not done for 40 years. So they stepped back into their obedience of God's word. They were now ready for what was coming. Verse 11. The day after Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. Now remember, for 40 years they'd been in the desert eating what? Manna. It was just on the ground in the morning and the evening. For 40 years they'd had the same thing to eat. On the very day that they said, God, we're going to honor your word. We've been through 40. It's something new. They ate the produce of the land. Unleavened bread and roasted grain. They, it was good. How many would be thankful after eating the same thing for 40 years? You've got a new menu. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. So, but it was the produce of the land. Now watch verse 12. Watch this. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. What, what, what are we seeing here? There was a shift. For 40 years, they lived like people transitioning from slaves to property owners. For 40 years, they ate the same thing every day. They didn't invest. They didn't plant. They didn't sow. They just got up and took what was there. But God said, I'm shifting things for you now. How many are with me? How many want to move out of getting a handout and move into a place of determining what happens in your future? So he said, I'm not going to let you live like that anymore. Now, I'm going to give you the capacity to sow and reap. I'm going to put you in a place where you can determine your own harvest, where you can plant the seed of the land and eat the harvest of the land. You're not just wandering around in limbo. Now, you're moving to a new season with clarity and influence and increase. How many are thankful when God hits the number 40 and his people obey him, increase, produce, harvest, and goodness comes for them? 
them. Amen. That's what this year is going to be for us. So we see this incredible moment that, that when you hit that 40, it's the opportunity to shift into a new season. And it goes back to what we're looking at here, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. So, so let's put that back up on the screen. So, so guys, if we're going to get these truths... If we're going to see the example of the Bible become the reality in our life, how many heard what I said? Not just a Bible story, but a lifestyle. If we're going to live that lifestyle, if we're not just going to read about what the Israelites did and read about what Jesus said, if we're going to do what he said, things radically begin to change in our life. We have to understand that invest, increase, influence is a kingdom of God principle. Pastor, what does that mean? Well, we looked at it last week. I'm living in Alabama, but I'm in the kingdom of God. How many heard what I just said? Now, I know some of you Alabama folks think Alabama is the kingdom of God. I hate to disappoint you. I love it here, but it's not heaven. Come on, somebody say amen. It's it's a good place. (laughs) But but we're we're, we're living in Alabama, but we're also in the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? We have a choice about how we live our life. We have a choice about how we conduct our marriage, how we raise our children, how we go to work, how we treat one another, how we worship, why we go to church. We are are living here, but we're in the kingdom of God. We we must understand that. So uh, Jesus began his ministry. The very first declaration of his public ministry was this, repent for the kingdom of God has come. Turn from how you've been living, you can now come in the kingdom of God. That was, that's what he taught again and again. Throughout his parables, you will hear him saying, you have heard, but I say. How many of you have had enough of what other people say, and you're ready to start doing what God said? How many have found out what other people say doesn't work if it disagrees with what God said? I asked somebody not long ago. They kept on doing the same thing again and again. And I said, can I be quite honest with you? I said, how's that working for you? So how's that working for you? So how many dead-end roads have you been down? How many disappointments have you encountered? How many frustrations are you dealing with? We have a choice to move out of the kingdom of man and begin to live in the kingdom of God. If we obey his word and follow his purpose, we begin to live our life at a different level. Jesus said, I know you've heard, but this is what I'm going to tell you. And the question is, which kingdom pattern are we living in right now i have to be honest with you do you know you can go to church and still not live in the kingdom of god you understand it we we can have a bible and read it but we don't start operating in the kingdom till we start doing what that bible says the kingdom of god is not a theory it's a lifestyle it's not something i go to church and just say hey that's a nice idea it's my life Jesus said when we begin to obey his word and live in the kingdom, when we repent and turn from what we've been doing, we begin to experience heaven's presence right here on earth. I'm planning to go to heaven. Who's going to heaven? I'm planning on going to heaven. The alternative is not a good choice. I'm planning on going to heaven. But I want you to know something. According to the word of God, Jesus even said the first thing you pray after you praise the Father, our Father which art in heaven, then you say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you begin to live in the kingdom of God, operate according to God's word, when you make Jesus your Savior, heaven begins to impact earth. You begin to experience heaven now, not just then. How many hear what I'm saying? 
So when we look at this, invest, increase, influence, it's a kingdom pattern that begins to affect not only how we live, but the bottom lines influence how we affect everything around us. I want us to look at this uh, in another couple of translations. Let's look at the Amplified translation of 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. Here it is for you. Follow along. By the way, I know we've got something up over the screen. we got a big surprise coming for you next week. We're updating some things, so you don't want to miss something from next week. Oh, that's, that, that's exciting up there. Take my word for it. Now, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. And God, who provides seed. Who provides the seed? Do you see that? God, who provides seed for the sower. Who's the sower? Okay. I'm not the provider of the seed. Come on. How many thank God for that? That's God's business. But just like I cannot provide the seed, listen to me, God will not sow the seed. See that role? He provides a seed, and you and I are the sower. And bread for eating, watch this, will also provide and multiply This is the increase. Your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Let me read. Do you see that? What is the manifestation of righteousness in our life? Active goodness. Someone say active. (laughs) You see that word? Active goodness. This is not a theory. Active goodness, kindness, and charity. Verse 11. Let's look at this and amplify. Thus, you will be enriched in all things. Who wants to live like that? I want to live like that. You'll be enriched in all things and in every way. So that. See, that's the increase. But increase always has a purpose. So that you can be what? Generous. I want to tell you something. If you're not living a generous lifestyle, you're not operating in the kingdom of God principles. Generosity is a result of sowing the seed, investing, God increasing, and how we respond to that. So you and your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Let's look at it from the Passion Translation. Same two verses. I want you just to see the inflections here. Uh, This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. I mean, the, the verbiage here in the original language is this is very accurate. It's like God is saying, I have so much that I want to do in your life. Will you please give me a chance? Isn't that awesome? It's like God is pleading, hey, don't live down here when you can live up here. I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about your attitude, your lifestyle, your relationships, how you respond to people, how you look at life. You shouldn't be the band leader of the Blues Brothers if you're a born-again child of God. Huh? You shouldn't be, let me try to think, what's the little thing, the little guy in, in, you know, my, the grandkids are growing up, it's been a long time since I had kids, but uh, uh, what's the little bear, uh, eats the honey? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, see, I forgot, I'm sorry, I'm just on past that, you know, what, what's the little donkey in the Winnie the Pooh story? Eeyore, don't be Eeyore, don't be Eeyore, you know what I'm talking about, how you do? If you go way old school, remember the maid on the Jetsons? 
She's always, hey. I mean, that's why some people don't raise their hands in church because they can't get the back up. It's hard to raise your hands like this. You'd be pointing down. See, some, such a negative Nelly, you can't raise your hands because you're going to have to stand up and raise your hand. You're going to get your head up. Come on, don't shout me down. I'm not. See, see, so this, this generous God is saying, I have everything you need to not only meet your need, but my plan is through you to bring incredible influence on this planet. So this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need. Come on, somebody say Amen. Plus more. <laughs> then he multiplies the seed. Because you already have what you need. Now you've got more seed to give out. As you sow it. Oh, we like to multiply. Watch that. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. So that the harvest of your generosity will grow. My God. this is good. Verse 11. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as, (laughs) you get the connection, as you give generously on every occasion. See, most of you are nervous. You think I'm going to take another offering. This is not what this is about. All you've ever been taught about giving in church is to get an offering. I'm not trying to get anything out of you. I'm trying to get something into you right now. I'm, I'm not after what you have because you and I don't have enough. You're not my source. God's our source. I'm not begging and pleading that a bunch of people are going to do something. I believe that God who wrote this word is big enough, great enough, strong enough, faithful enough to do everything he's called this church to do. We don't need each other's stuff. We need to obey God because God has a plan that's bigger than your pocketbook. God has a plan that's bigger than your IRA. God has a plan that's bigger than your investment. God's plan is that through obedient, generous people, he will show himself so real that the culture around us has to stop and say, there must be a God. As you give generously on every occasion, watch, for when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Watch the circle. God supplies the seed. It starts with him. We sow the seed. He increases the seed. People praise God. It starts with him and comes back to him. That's the cycle of God's abundance in the kingdom. It it, it is unlimited. It works. Remember the two statements we're learning. To expect an increase without first investing is illogical. There will never be increase without investing. We invest the seed God gives us. God increases it. The result, though, watch this, to to stop it increase, to think the process is just invest and increase is shallow and selfish because increase wasn't given just for me. It was given through me to bring influence for God. To expect increase without investment is illogical. To stop it increase apart from influence is shallow and and it's selfish. Influence is the purpose of this pattern I'm teaching you. Influence is the end result for God's glory. But it always begins with the seed that God has given. I want you to think of this. This seed that God plants in everyone's life, listen to me, is personal and unique. 
I want you to get that. Your seed's not my seed. You got me? Your seed's not my seed. If you don't invest your seed, the kingdom misses something. If I don't invest my seed, the kingdom misses something. The seed is personal and unique. You say, well, pastor, what is it? It could be a measure of faith God gives you. It, it, it's your gift. It's your talent. It's your passion. It's your ability. It's your time. I think about the Old Testament tabernacle. God said, I want to be close to my people. I want to create something that moves with you while you're going to your promised land. And so they build this tabernacle. And as I read this, he says, I've chosen two men, Bezalel and Ohiolib. And I'm going to listen to the same verbiage of a priest or a minister. He said, I'm going to fill them with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And I'm going to give them the ability to craft the things that I'm designing. And then he said, bring the offerings. Everybody brings their offerings. Their generosity allows the anointed craftsman to build it. And then some people carry the tabernacle. Some people put it up. Some fashion the curtains. Some cast the metal pieces. But when everybody took their gift and their talent and their passion and put it together, are you with me? They built a place where God's presence could dwell. They built a place where people could be near God. Do you know what he wants his church to be in this season of 2021 in a nation trying to find its way forward? That we will take our seed and invest it together in the kingdom and create a place where the glory of God can be seen by hurting nation. That's why we're here. See, God has, in, listen, God has invested in you. He put seed in you. The investment began with God. God has invested in us. Listen to this statement. God has invested in us. His expectation is that we will take what he invested in us and plant it and use it for his glory. All right? Now, now listen. This is a powerful statement. We carry the seeds of God's kingdom in us. All right? They will either live and increase through us or die inside of us. We carry the seeds of the kingdom of God. They will either live and increase through us or die within us based on what we do with that. That's who we are. He invested in us. He believes in us. It began with God. Can I tell you something? That's why Satan has fought you so hard. I've got some good news for you. See, you got to realize, what am I looking? Am I looking at this life through the kingdom of God or through the kingdom of man? See, some people said, life's been hard. God doesn't love me. God's not there. God's not good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I tell you why Satan has fought you so hard? Because you carry the seed of the kingdom inside of you. Because you have the ability to increase in influence for the glory of God. See, that's why he's tried to keep you in fear. If there's anything that this pandemic has done, it's released a spirit of fear. And so what Satan, that's Satan's, that's his calling card is fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Perfect love casts out all fear. You see that? God doesn't use fear. God doesn't operate in fear. How many are thankful we have a good God? In the kingdom of God, God doesn't motivate people by fear. I used to have to, people, you ever been in those sermons and places? And I appreciate the effort where people tried to scare you into serving God. You ever had that? You know, I, I can't say, but, you know, you, you were acting like the devil and they tried to scare the H out of you. And so, but it didn't work, did it? 
Because I remember those sermons where it's, you know, they're, they're dangling me over the flames of hell. Come on, how many understand what I'm talking about? And, 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 but it didn't last until I got out in the church parking lot. And then I was back on to where I was. Come on, tell the truth. It'll work for about 10 minutes, but then life goes on. Huh? And so what happens in the kingdom, God doesn't motivate, motivate by fear, guilt, and shame. He motivates by the love of God, the goodness of the Lord, the repentance of God. His goodness leads us to repentance. And, and we begin to understand Satan wants you to be fearful and locked down. He wants you to be isolated. There are people right now that, that, that have been out of church for a few months, and it started because of the pandemic. And some are out now, some good, great, godly people, and, and their doctors don't want them out. And they're, they're doing things for for health reasons and we condone that support that encourage that but i have to tell you the truth somebody's got to tell you the truth there are a lot of people in america today that a year ago were in church and hadn't been in church in a year and the devil's plan is to isolate them bring fear on them divide them separate them from the worshiping god it's not because they have to it's because a pattern has been established that we need to break because we carry the seed of the kingdom in us that's why he's fought you to be insecure that's why he wants you to put walls up around your life that's why he says you're inferior that's why he says you have guilt you have shame you have depression that's why he uses addiction during 2020 you want to know where did the coronavirus come from everybody's trying to decide did it come from china did it come from a lab did it come from Something somebody ate in a in, 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 in a market in China. I'll tell you where the coronavirus came from. It came straight out of the pit of hell. It has all the earmarks of the devil. It is fear. It is isolation. It is separation. It is guilt. It is shame. Suicide went up in 2020. Drug addiction went up in 2020. Overdose went up in 2020. I'm here to tell you Satan is fighting hard because he knows God's people carry the seed of the kingdom in them and if we will break out of those restrictions we can begin to influence for god see you are a threat to hell how many heard what i just said you are a threat to hell and you are the conduit that god uses to bring heaven to this earth god supplies the seed we sow the seed god brings the increase and people begin to praise god for his goodness do you know the seed carries the dna of increase do you know that seed carries the dna of increase you 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 plant one seed and you get a whole plant full of tomatoes there's increase in that seed it's amazing you 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 one acre and falls in the ground and a, and this massive oak tree can grow out of that there's increase in the DNA of seed. God works with invest, increase, and influence. There, there's greater harvest. We read it. Let's go back to verses 10 and 11, NIV version here. See again. What happens? God gives a seed. We invest the seed. It increases as we do that. And, and what happens? He says this. He will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Harvest begins to come. Why? Verse 11 says, so that we can be generous on every occasion. Let, let me encourage with you this. God has already looked into your future and already placed on deposit everything you will ever need be, to be generous in any situation you ever face. Is, is that exciting? Think about that. God has already looked into your future, 
on your path, your plan, what God has purpose for you, and put on deposit everything you'll ever need to be generous in every occasion. That's what, is that what we just read the scripture? Now think about that. What should that do to our worrying about are we going to make it? Huh? What should that do in our worrying is there going to be enough? What should we... It, it obliterates that. It absolutely demolishes that. God has gone into your future and put on deposit everything you will need to be generous in every occasion that you'll ever face. You might say, well, Pastor, uh, you know, we've all had moments that caught us by surprise. Anybody ever been surprised by some moments? I have come to tell the truth. <laughs> some of you hadn't lived much. I want to ask one more time. How many have ever faced a moment that caught you by surprise and said, whoa? Have you ever said, I didn't see that coming? Come on. I didn't see that one coming. But in that moment, here's the good news. God saw it coming and already put on deposit everything you need for that moment. I have people tell me, Pastor, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. What if next year so-and-so happens? Well, God's already been in next year. And if so-and-so happens next year, guess what? God already has on deposit what you're going to need to face so-and-so. He not only has on deposit where you're going to need to survive, he has on deposit where you're going to need to be generous in that moment. You understand that? He's the God of more than enough. So, so the worst thing you can think of, which I don't encourage you to sit around and do that, but the worst thing you can think of is nothing compared to the abundance God has on deposit to be more than enough when that moment comes. You say, well, well, well what if I get fired? There is grace waiting for you in that moment. There's provision waiting for you in that moment. There is enough waiting for you in that moment that you and your family will be okay. You'll be taken care of. God will do what he's going to do. But if that's the case, I need to be investing right now. Investing right now. Investing right now. Obeying right now. Why? Because God says, I got this out there. See, the, the seed, seed has two things. The DNA of increase, listen, and the DNA of producing after its kind. We understand that, don't we? What I sow is what I'm going to reap. Apple seeds produce apple trees. Tomato seeds produce tomato plants. We get that. It produces after its kind. Therefore, listen, therefore, as I look at my life from the kingdom of God perspective, if I want to find love, I need to be giving love. Do you know what? People miss. People say, I'm lonely. I need somebody to love me. Can I tell you what the deepest need in a human heart is not to be loved. It's to give love. It's to give love. What you need to look for is not somebody who will love me. You need to look for somebody that needs to be loved. Now, l l let me help you with that. <laughs> I, I need to help some of you single folks. You say, well, I've been loving so-and-so, and he's going out on me and treating me. Well, listen, if you got bad soil, quit wasting your seed. I mean, let's don't be foolish. The Bible says there's rocky soil. I mean, there's soil been trodden down. No matter how much seed you put on it, the birds come eat it up every time. If you're dating a hardhead, quit wasting your seed. Well, Pastor, I've been loving him. won't love me back. Adios, amigo. Hit the road, Jack. And don't come back. You know, get a bus, Gus. <laughs> Make a new plan, Stan. 
but I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're the sorriest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll change. Well, when you've done that for five years, give me a call. Everybody can change one night. Well, okay. So if you want love, you give love. If you want friends, be friendly. I, and, you know, I've always, this, this is something, uh, I'll give you a little quick pastor insight here, just a quickie, then we'll go on. You know, you have people that come to Calvary in churches like this, and man, I met these nice people, very friendly to me and warm and everything. And then, then you got that one out of a hundred. It's a guy, that's the most unfriendly place I've ever been in my life. I'm like, how did that happen? You know, we are all these people, friendly, nice, and this guy, well, then I watched that guy. He looks like death on wheels. Comes in the door, scowl, long face. People are afraid to go up and say anything to him. They got all over him. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. And then, then there's other ones, you know, I call them ninja people. You never know they were here. They slipped in late. Found a seat where nobody could see him. Just when I'm about to pray at the end, they slip out again. What do you mean they didn't shake my hand? I'd have to chase you down the highway to shake your hand the way you come in and out of here. My God. <laughs> I see a lot from up here. You know, you want some friends, you need to be friendly. <laughs> you want to have people be nice to you, you ought to try being nice. <laughs> you want a promotion at work, you ought to work hard and have the heart of a servant. And outwork everybody around you. And watch what will come back to you. The seed you sow, the what you invest will bring increase in your life. You know, can, can I say this? To, to, it, it's interesting to me, the people that want to be spiritual. If you want revival, stop judging people and start praying and God will send revival. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know, I'm, I know, I'm sorry. I, I, somebody's got to say it. If you pastor 40 years, you get the right to say things like that. See, we carry the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? You know what the Scripture says? Think of this. We carry within us, because of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. What a list. Patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, gentleness meekness, self-control, love, joy, peace. We carry the fruit of the Spirit in us. Do you know that every fruit has seed? <laughs> Do you realize that when we walk in the Spirit, when the fruit of the Spirit flows out of our life, that seed just goes everywhere. See, so, so we're investing. The fruit of the Spirit, we're, we're investing. Life and death is in our tongues. See, we, we, again, I'm trying to get you to see, seed produces after its kind. Someone might say, well, well in, in a marriage, well, I'm going to meet them halfway. They'll be nice, I'll be nice. I, I'm, I'm going to meet them halfway. If they do it, I'll do it. Well, you know what, that's, you know what halfway is? It's the middle. <laughs> you know what halfway is? That's average. You know what the problem with average is that you spend as much time below it as you did above it to get the average. <laughs> I don't think that's our goal. I'll meet them halfway. No, we, the goal is to love like Jesus loved, is to do what Jesus did. How did he love us? He went to the cross for us. 
How did he see the value of your life? He said you're worth the cross. How did he see what you could become the cross? What did he invest in people like you and I that had sinned and missed it and blown it? He didn't look at where we were. He looked at who we could be and said you're worth the investment. I'll love you first. I'll give you the cross. The Bible says in John, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it doesn't bear fruit. But there are going to be days because I'm in the kingdom. How many can say man because I believe what the word said that I'm going to love when it doesn't come back to me I'm going to pray for someone who curses me I'm going to bless those who speak evil of me I'm going to love if it doesn't come back I'm not just going to love to get love I'm going to love because it's right because the scripture says I may be dying to myself right now but I'm releasing the seed of the kingdom of God some of the hardest things you'll ever do are the best things you'll ever do because seed is being invested in that moment in your life. We're in the kingdom. We follow the pattern of Jesus. Let me, let me show you two more scriptures and we're going to wrap this up because I want us to pray. Look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Luke 8 verse 1. See. You got this? I want you to follow in your Bible, your device. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. What was he doing? Look at this. Proclaiming The good news of kingdom of God. What I'm teaching you is what Jesus introduced to us. All right? The 12 were with him, verse 2. And also some women, watch this, who had been. Someone say had been. See, the kingdom of God doesn't lead me the way it found me. Okay? That's the difference in the kingdom of man and the kingdom of God. Some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Leave that up. I want people to look at that. (laughs) What's the difference in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man? The kingdom of God is infused with the power of God. It operates in the kingdom of God. It operates at his level and not man's level. You've heard this testimony. Let me give it to you briefly. Over 20 years ago, almost 25, we got a call from a uh, rehabilitation center, really a, 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 a mental uh, and emotional center, people with severe situations. A young lady was there in a seven-point restraint tied down on suicide watch 24-7. And they had applied every single thing they knew to do, which is good and great and helpful. But nothing would help or stop this. She was demon-possessed. And they called the church. Now, up until that time, (laughs) this facility wouldn't allow a pastor to come in because they didn't want us messing with, you know, we were going to confuse the patients and yada, yada. Kingdom of man's enough. We don't need the kingdom of God. We bumped into this situation and we got a phone call. Would you come pray? Would you come visit? So... The contact God gave us with this lady. I remember she came to my office first time. As I began to talk with her, the, the demons began to manifest. And I had one of the secretaries with me. We never counsel men to women in that private situation here. So I had for accountability <laughs> the, one of our assistants. She's not here now, so don't try to figure out who it was. All right. she, she was sitting there in the room. And man, this stuff started. Woo. 
male voices and all this stuff. And I looked over at my prayer partner, and she had scooted all the way up and was sitting on the top of her chair. <laughs> I kid you not, like something was running on the floor. I mean, you know, I mean, she, I said, okay, well, that, okay. So <laughs> she's not going to help. I knew that. So we so began to pray. And this is a first encounter. There was the demonic presence was so overwhelming. That woman sort of controlled this. Then we got into just a little bit, I started praying. She jumped up screaming and ran out of the door and ran off. But she came back. She came back. She came back. And she'd been saved, delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and a member of this church for over 20 years. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Are you with me? We're not talking about a theory here. We're talking about a God who is able, no matter what the devil has done, to bring freedom in your life. Okay? That's the kingdom of God. Does everybody understand that? That's the kingdom of God. We're not playing games here at Calvary. We're not going through a Sunday religious experience. This is how we live our life with a God who is able. So, here's some of his group. Okay, verse 3. I got him, that's okay. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, so the high and the low, Susanna, and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now look at verse 4 and 5 with verse 4. Okay. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from the town or town, he told this parable. I'm just going to give the first because you're familiar with it. A farmer went out to what? As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, trampled on, and the birds ate it up. You know this is the parable of the sower. There's four different soils that were in the parable, representing the condition of four different hearts when they hear the word of God. But this parable is repeated in three of the four gospels. In two of these, it says, listen, it says, if you don't understand this parable, you'll not understand the kingdom of God. You could reverse it and say, if you understand this parable, you'll understand the kingdom of God. And what is he saying? The kingdom of God is like a farmer who went out to sow his seed. The kingdom of God is about investing, increasing, and influencing. If we understand that, we understand how the kingdom works. If we're willing to be obedient and apply these principles, we see the kingdom operate in our life. We begin to be influential for God. We begin to fulfill our purpose and the pattern and the blessing of God. My last scripture, I want you to look at Genesis 1, verse 11 and 12. We're going to stop here today. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. That, okay? Go ahead and slip your shoes back on, but don't get up and leave, all right? Genesis 1, verse 11 and 12. Are you ready? I want you to see this because this is the initiation of, of, of God's system. Genesis 1, verse 11 and 12. I don't say it, so let me read it to you. Uh, I do have a Bible, and it never has a battery problem or anything else. It doesn't spin around when I read it. It just uh, it works really good for me all the time. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. So listen to this. You can find it in yours. It be good for you to crack that thing open. Then God said, this is the creation of the earth, of the universe. God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it. According to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. 
the beginning. That's how God works. That's what he does. The seed has the DNA of increase. The seed produces after its kind. Can I give you some really good news today? Your life does not have to be a series of coincidences. It is a process of choices. What I choose to do and sow in my life today will determine what my future is tomorrow. My life is not coincidence. It's not calamity or chaos. It is the result of the choices I make. Are you with me? Worship team, come join me. Listen, listen, listen. You may have sown some bad seed. Don't raise your hand. The choices, the things we did before we met Christ. Are you with me? We, here, there's good news and bad news about seed. It produces after its kind. Some people want to go out on Saturday night and sow their wild oats. Come to church on Sunday morning and pray for crop failure. Doesn't work that way. Some of us sowed some bad seed. And our life encountered the harvest. Are you with me? And it's tough sometimes, isn't it? And it's hard. And in the middle of that harvest of that bad seed, you're thinking, what in the world was I thinking? What was I doing? How did I get here? Well, we know how we got there. Well, let me give you the good news. Come on, listen to me. Here's your good news. That harvest, that result of those bad choices, here's the good news. You may still be getting out of it. I don't want you to give up because here's the good news. That's the last time that harvest is ever coming in your life. That's the last time you'll ever face that because you're not sowing that seed anymore. You've got to be encouraged. It may not be easy right now, but just begin to understand, I am in it now, but I will never be in this again. I will never go back again. I will never do this again. So the good news is, this is the last time I go through this field. Are you with me? And the news gets better because not only have you stopped sowing the bad seed, not only is this your last bad harvest, but I have been sowing some good seed in my life. And what I anticipate is a good harvest coming in my life. So the devil wants to discourage you in the middle of that last harvest because he knows a better harvest is coming for you. And so you make a decision. I'm persevering. I'm not giving up. In the middle of you, may be in the middle of the thorns and the thistles and, and the rocks and the junk. But if you say before God, that's the last seed I sow in this thing. That's the last time I make that decision. If the same old guy and the same old girl is wrecking your life, find someone different. Stop. (laughs) If you met them at the club, don't go back to the club for goodness sake. Grow up. Make a choice. Find a godly person. Well, I might be lonely this weekend. Listen to me. There's something better than going to dinner with the devil. There's something better than shortchanging yourself. I need some money. I got to have some money. Listen, if you'd been doing the right thing before now, you'd have some more money. Why, Pastor? Because you spent it all on stupid stuff. Oh, I went to Tunica and lost everything. I got four credit cards and ran them all up. Listen to me. It's going to take you a while to pay that foolishness off. 
But don't get number five. Stop sowing the seed. Start saving some money. Become a tither. Start honoring God. Be generous on every occasion. And every time that stinking bill comes in, you look at that thing and say, I'm going to pay you off and I'm never going to have one like this again. And I have a harvest coming in that will bless me, bless my children, bless my church, change my life. I'm investing. You say, I don't have anything to invest. You can pray for someone, smile at someone, be kind to someone, invest in someone, help a child, help an older person, get up in the morning and say, I carry the seed of the kingdom. I'm going to spread seed today. I'm going to open doors. I'm going to smile. Hey, try this. I'm going to slow down tomorrow going to work and let somebody pull over in front of me. Instead of getting the one finger salute, they might give a praise the Lord. So, plant, give, pray, invest, prophesy over your children, speak the word of God. In that parable, the seed is the word of God. So what are we going to do? Come on, stand with me. Don't leave, just stand. I want to sow the word. Sow it, sow it, sow it, say it. How many are with me right now? Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. Say it in the face of that situation. The word says, the word says, the word says, sow, 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 sow. How many are with me right now? My life, your life is not a coincidence. It's a choice. What I do today will determine what happens to me tomorrow. It might not be easy because of the harvest of some bad seed. But my thought is, it's the last time around here. It's the last time I walk through this. I'm not walking through this again. Listen, you've got to make your mind up. I'm not going to die in this field. I'm not going to end in this measure. This is not all God has for me. I'm coming on the other side of this. Everybody with me? I want us to pray together right now. I want us to begin to say, God, I want to live in the kingdom of God. I, w- I don't want to just go to church. I don't want to just own a Bible. I want to be a doer of the word. I want to trust you. I want to walk in this thing. Why? Because the increase will bring influence. You know why this church exists? That men and women might find Christ. And when they find Christ, to make them a disciple. And then to help you do that again and again, again and again. I want to help people live their life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus. It's the only way we get there. So let's pray, God, here's my life. I, I, I you know, if there's some, th- if you're sowing some seed in the wrong places, stop. Stop. No more excuses. Come on, everybody with me right now. No more excuses. Just stop. Stop. Do the right thing. Stop. Trust God. Trust God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.